And welcome back, fourth and long fans. It's your footy correspondent, Coach Donnie Hess, here back with another off-season supporter series chat. And as I told you previously, I'm trying to find state league supporters. And today I have found a fantastic one. We are going to go to Victoria. We will tell the club here in just the littlest bit, but let's introduce him. We have Jerry joining us from Victoria. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome, Donnie. Glad to be with you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for hopping on the podcast. Now, before we get into the footy talk, which we are all here for, I kind of like finding out just the littlest bit about the person that I'm chatting with outside of footy. So if you want just a real quick bio of who you are outside of the game of football. Um, yeah, well, um, I'm 65 years old next month. Um, from the country originally, uh, Moved to the city when I finished my studies at the local university. Lived in Melbourne, uh, Perth, Darwin, back to Melbourne. Then I retired 10 years ago and uh, I spend my time between Melbourne and my hometown, which is about three hours away from Melbourne in the southwest coast. Fantastic. And uh, on, I fill up most of my days uh, as the historian for my local vfl club that we're going to talk about that is fantastic that is great i love that this is going to be good so before we go into it we're, we're going to stay on just you a little bit before we start talking about your club i gotta yep. ask this again as an american who caught on to the sport a little bit late and being from victoria i must ask this what is your favorite thing about the sport of footy my favorite thing yeah uh, well i guess the the, the comradeship the friendships you make. Um, like I played football here in my hometown for, uh, oh, well, till I was 20, 22. And um, played in, num fortunate enough to play in a number of premiership sides. And the, the guys that I played in those premiership sides with many, many years ago, uh, we're still friends. And we have occasional reunions and it's like, um, you know, it's like we've never moved away. You just hit it off. It's quite amazing, even though you haven't seen these people for 20, 30, 40 years. You've still got that um, bond because you played together and played in premiership sides together. So I think it's a friendship you form for life um, and the comradeship that exists within footy. It's, um, yeah, it's a, just a fabulous game and everything that goes with it, I love it. Fantastic. And the crazy part about it is I may not have the years that you have, but I completely agree there. There's people who I've played with for years up here that there's that unmistakable bond that you have, that you're like, I, I'm, I have this memory with you. That's never going to go away. So there's always kind of that mateship. So it's really, really cool. So 100% agree with you on this one. So I, I want to go back a little bit. I want you to go into the recesses of your memory a little bit. Can you remember your earliest footy memory? Um, yeah, it was probably 1966. Um, I was eight years old. And for my birthday, my father took me to Melbourne on an aeroplane. So it's the first time I'd ever been on a plane. And uh, we stayed with my uncle and cousins in Melbourne. And they were mad Fitzroy supporters. And my dad grew up in Port Melbourne and followed South Melbourne. So we went to the Brunswick, the old Brunswick Street Oval in Fitzroy, 
and watched South Melbourne and Fitzroy play. And that was the first game of football I can ever recall. Um, and I still remember sitting in the old grandstand at Fitzroy, which is still there. Uh, and just been totally, you know, enthralled with the whole game and the crowd and the noise. Because I've probably been to football games here in my hometown, but they were nothing like this. Mm-hmm. And I don't recall them. Uh, but that has stuck in my memory forever. So that's, yeah, going back a long way. That, that, that is fantastic. And, and the crazy part about it, just thinking about it, is the fact that Fitzroy is now merged and part of the Brisbane Lions and that South Melbourne is now the Sydney Swans up up in Sydney. So it, it's kind of crazy. And people that listen to it, I am a huge Sydney Swans supporter. And that's one of the things I, I love about the Swans is that they have that South Melbourne still connection. Took a little bit to kind of reestablish it, but that's yeah. crazy that you have that that memory of of that of the old Fitzroy versus South Melbourne that is fantastic so yeah. a little bit we'll, we'll jump off of AFL here we go here's your opportunity you said you're a historian what is the VFL club that we are going to be discussing and how is it that you came to support them well the club we're talking about is uh, Williamstown and uh, I only came to support them when I moved to the suburb in uh, when I returned from Darwin to Melbourne uh, I lived on the other side of town for a few years and um, just saved money to travel overseas. And when I came back from one of these trips, I thought, no, we were staying with my wife's parents at the time. And I thought, no, we've got to move out. We've got to get our own place. So I used to live in Port Melbourne before I moved to Perth. So I was going to make uh, inquiries about moving back there because I quite liked the area. But the prices had, you know, gone through the roof, so to speak. So my sister suggested to me to go and have a look in Williamstown. So we went over there and found a, or oh, half a house that was up for rent, and um, that was 1990, and uh, we've been there ever since. Not in the same place, but mm-hmm. in that suburb. I've never left, and uh, because of my love for football, I graduated towards going down and watching Williamstown and then um, met a few guys at the pub who followed Williamstown and they got me involved and we've got a coterie group there and I joined that and well yeah been involved ever since so yeah 30 years I've been uh, involved with Williamstown now. Fantastic and a great story too. It's not something. It's it's always interesting how everybody kind of gets their club or or kind of acquires their love for their club. So, for for most people, it's a it's a family thing. Something it comes through yes. the father or the mother or or the grandma. I've even heard the grandmother was the first one. Uh, so some of these stories are fantastic. So, as a Williamstown yeah. supporter, is there anybody else in your family that are Williamstown supporters, or do they support other clubs in the VFL? And if so. How's the banter when your teams play? <laughs> um, no, not really. Uh, my dad was, uh, wasn't was born in Port Melbourne, but spent most of his life there. And uh, he followed the borough and South Melbourne. And uh, that's how I got to go that game at Fitzroy in 1966. Um, but, yeah, I did follow South Melbourne because of my dad and because they won that game. I remember... My dad and my uncle signed me, uh, who are you going to barrack for? And I said, Who, whoever wins the game, I'll, I'll barrack for them. <laughs> South Melbourne won. 
so that's how I came to support South Melbourne. Uh, but then when they moved to Sydney in that uh, tumultuous time of the early 80s, uh, mm-hmm. I that was one of the reasons I moved to Perth because football, I didn't really like Melbourne and the, Melbourne, the city, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a country boy. And uh, I thought, well, footy was the only thing that kept me in Melbourne, really. So once South Melbourne were gone, I thought, well, I'll pack up and move to Perth. That's about as far away as I can get. And uh, off I went, and I refused to watch them on TV. Uh, have, you know, wouldn't read anything about them in the papers. And every week they lost, I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uh, vengeful Very, thing. very filthy on the whole thing, as a lot of other people were, mm-hmm. and and still are. Right. And I've, and I've heard of all of that too. And, and I 100% respect that too. Cause it's not, it's never easy to have your club relocate, especially in that situation. So I had absolutely no issue there. So as you said, as you said earlier, you were the Williams historian for Williamstown. So I, I'm interested because you're going to have a wealth <laughs> of knowledge on this. Can you give me just a little bit of history on Williamstown, as, as you kind of said, this is an old club in the VFL. So I'm fascinated by some of the stories you may have. Yeah, well, the um, the club has always believed it was formed in 1864. And if you ever look at our website or any of the branding uh, attached to Williamstown, you keep seeing the year 1864 all the time. So it wasn't until I became a historian that I started doing a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're aware, are you aware of Trove, our national library facility where you can look at digitized newspapers? I, I Unfortunately, no, but this sounds fascinating. Okay. So, yeah, Trove's this wonderful uh, thing that's run by the National Library of Australia. and They've digitized all the old newspapers, not all of them, but a lot of them, and you can read them online and search. And, uh, yeah, and I spend hours, days on there going through, I'll, I'll get on there to look at one particular thing and then you just stumble on all these mm-hmm. other things and you go off on tangents and it's just, it's an amazing resource. So I started researching the origins of the club and I I found uh, six newspaper references to the fact that they are actually uh, originated in 1860. Um, they were, as most of the early Australian rules football clubs were formed out of cricket clubs because the cricket clubs were enclosed. Mm-hmm. So they had fences. So because this game of Australian rules was becoming so popular, the cricket clubs realised, ah, well, during winter when we're not using our ground, we can get a football club and put it there and charge admittance, mm-hmm. get money. So that's how most of the early football clubs were formed out of cricket clubs. And that's what happened with Williamstown. There was a cricket club called the Williamstown Alliance Cricket Club. And they formed the Williamstown Football Club in May 1860. And um, it all started from there. And I've been pushing this idea that really Mm -hmm. Williamstown's formed in 1860 and we're the third oldest club in Victoria, if not Australia. And the club should be really jumping on board with this instead of sticking with 1864, which makes us born the same year as Carl. Mm-hmm. 
we're in fact we're four years older crazy crazy to think that it, it, it just it just shows you that sometimes a little bit of research and a, and a few newspaper articles can really throw you off that that's <laughs> absolutely in, that's absolutely insane so um kind of kind of going off that how is how's been their success i know again we had the the vfa and the vfl kind of prior to the afl's kind of performance and then the, the changing of that so just really quick can you how's how's been their success rate are have they have they won premierships kind of win about just just a little history on that yeah sure man um we've won 16 premierships um 14 of those in what we used to call first division vfa mm -hmm. and two in second division vfa i don't know if you're aware but we had a promotion relegation system in the vfa from 19 or oh, the early 1960s until hmm. 1988 i think and the the premier team in the second division went up the first division yeah. and the wooden spooner in first division dropped down so there was two two different divisions and we've won as i said 14 of our premierships in first division and two in second division and in the 1950s, we had an amazing run of success where we won the premiership in 1954, 1955, 1956. I'll come back to what happened in 1957. And we won it in 58 and 59. Uh, in 1957, we won every game undefeated, sitting on top of the ladder. Lost the first final by less than a goal. And... That was would that would have been the second semi-final. We played the preliminary final and got beaten by about 10 goals, and that was it. We're out. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so like we're unbackable favorites for the 57 premiership mm -hmm. and went out in straight sets in the finals. And so did our seconds. Hadn't lost a game all year, lost both finals and went out. So 1957 was a pretty tra tragic year, but we had an amazing run in <laughs> 1950. Uh, it's, it's it's insane but it, it just it just shows you even even in present day footy like that there is a difference between the home and away and then the finals there, there's something different it's it's this weird you you can't put your finger on it but there's this weird change when it comes to final the footy the footy changes yeah. and it's fantastic i i think it makes the footy even better come finals time because there's, oh, yeah. there's an extra intensity there's an extra little bit of um get at get in you uh, when it comes to getting after the footy. So that's, it, it just shows you that if, if you rest on your laurels or you don't have your right day, anything can happen in the finals. So, oh, yeah. so I just, it, it just kind of shows in you. And, uh -huh. and, you know, probably going through the season undefeated and all the press wrapping them up and saying, Oh, we'll just give them the premiership now. No one's going to beat them. Mm -hmm. Look what happens. But anyway, that's, See, uh, that's history. And awesome. we move on, but, um, we've won, we've won a premiership in every decade except uh, the 1910s. So we won one in 1907, 1921, 1939 when we came from last in 38 to win the flag in 39, 45, 49, and then that fabulous run in the 50s. The 50s yeah. And then again in 69, 76, 86, 90, 2003, and 2015. 
impressive and, and then you got to say it's impressive on almost the consistency the the ability to always find a way to win a premiership in each decade that's that's fantastic so so again here's the historian and, and things have changed again the vfa vfl all of the changes what would you say is the biggest rival for williamstown maybe even in present day in the present day vfl or maybe prior years oh poor melbourne without a doubt um the two bayside suburbs who sort of face each other have been rivals since the 1880s. Um, and I don't think that, well, Collingwood and Carlton probably comes close, but mm-hmm. I think Williamstown and Port Melbourne have the oldest rivalry in Victoria. Other states like South Fremantle and East Fremantle have got it. Port Adelaide, just about every other side have it in South Australia. But here mm-hmm. in Victoria would be um, Port Melbourne and Williamstown easily fierce mm. rivals Steve. the uh things that went on in the 1950s because they played in the grand final uh most of those years in the 50s and williamstown beat port every time and there was a and it got so bad at one stage there was a, a guy that played for williamstown called jerry callahan mm-hmm. who was the captain coach i oh, know he was captain uh until uh 58 when he became captain coach, he was called the monster. He was a fearsome fella. No teeth, crew cut, bent nose, as rough as rough as a cat's head. And uh, it got so bad that I was playing Port Melbourne one day and Port Melbourne put a, a pig, like a dead pig, mm-hmm. in the race. And each Port player, and they wrote the monster on the pig and each port player, as he ran out, had to stick a knife in it. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's how fierce the rivalry was between these two clubs. It was, uh, it was really something else. That is that is crazy. I mean, I, I thought I thought the story of the pig on the ground for Plugger Lockett was nuts. <laughs> let alone let alone a dead pig that had to be stabbed. That's that yeah, is with, with Jerry's name on it. <laughs> oh boy, that is fantastic. All right. So we'll reel in such great history. I, I truly appreciate it. I'm definitely gonna have to look some more up on Williamstown. That, that's fantastic. So we'll, we'll go we'll go back to you a little bit. Um, as you said, yep. you kind of pick up Williamstown a little bit later than than some. Can you remember the first Williamstown item that you were given or bought? Um <laughs> Oh, I probably bought, bought some merchandise when I started going down to watch them. Um, yeah, probably a, a scarf or a beanie or something like that, I'd imagine. Um, and I I was given a jump, but this is just a little aside, but, you know, whenever famous people uh, come into your town or whatever, you'd like to get them photographed with your team's jumper. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened I had a, a nice old Californian bungalow in Beamstown and a um, film company wanted to use it to make this movie about Marilyn Monroe. And uh, starring in this film was oh, that lady that was in Cheers that died recently. Um, oh, I can't think of her name. Did you ever watch Cheers? Not unfortunately. It might have been a little bit earlier for me, unfortunately. Uh, Kirsty Alley. Oh, yeah. Yep. Kirsty Alley. So she was starring in this film, and I went, went. So I was given the jumper by the club to go around, and if she was there and willing to put it on and get a photograph of her in the Williamstown jumper, mm-hmm. 
And sure enough, I went around to the house one day when they started filming there. She was standing in my front yard, but I couldn't work up the courage to <laughs> go oh, and talk boy. to her. Yeah, which I've regretted ever since because probably she was quite a friendly person and, and um, yeah, she probably would have been receptive to that idea if, as long as it didn't miss up her hair or her clothes or something. She probably would have been receptive to that idea. So, yeah, I was given the jumper to do that, uh, which I've still got. That's fan. That's fantastic, and I and I love here. I love hearing those stories, and I, I've seen it all the time, on all the social medias. Like an NFL star is in, and they're in Melbourne, Collingwood, Carlton, yeah. or Hawthorne. Always, they always find a way to. Hey, yeah. here's our jump. Here's our jumper. Let's do a jumper exchange. So yeah. It's always kind of fast. It's always kind of fascinating to see that. Um, to see that kind of. The kind of the the cheeky the cheeky little hey you have probably no idea what this sport is but here's our jumper why don't you become a supporter so it's always yeah. kind of I always kind of chuckle a little bit when I when I see that it's it's it's, it's a PR move just the littlest bit so already so as you had, as you kind of said you you came into Williamstown when you when you moved there and, and I'm one of those I I believe that fandom is this unique thing that I've always fascinated with because. Nobody fans the same. Nobody supports the same because everybody kind of handles things differently. So I'm always fascinated when I talk with fans. I want to hear them describe their fandom for me. Are, are you one of those people that Williamstown is your club? You, you have to go to the games all the time. Or can you take a step back and kind of separate yourself? Unlike the diehards, as some would consider. Oh, I'm pretty passionate about Williamstown and I never, never miss a home game. Uh, unless there was something extraordinary happened, I'd never miss a home game. Um, away games sometimes are a bit problematic. Uh, now that we've got interstate clubs in the competition, two from Queensland and oh, well, the, the second Queensland club dropped out. We did have two, and then we've got the uh, the Queensland and New South Wales AF, AFL clubs are in the competition now, and we may end up with a Tasmanian one. We did have a Tasmanian club previously, but they may come back in as a prelude to joining the AFL. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mostly away games I, I tend to go to, especially the ones that are uh, a bit closer to home. Uh, Port Melbourne's always a, you know, can't miss that one. It's a mm-hmm. very interesting ground to go to. It's uh, small and pretty tight, and the Port Fans are pretty loud, so yeah, it's interesting. That's a, that's a game you don't want to miss. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Having dropped off the AFL after what happened with South Melbourne and then Fitzroy, um, yeah, Williamstown is my number one interest in in football. I still watch the AFL on TV. Mm-hmm. Still enjoy it. I love the athleticism of the game. Uh, but for me, I don't have the passion to follow a club. In the AFL anymore, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Williamstown's my team, and uh, yeah, love it dearly. Fantastic, absolutely love that. And, and again, I, it's it's so cool to find the, those fans that have that deep connection with their with their club, especially the state side like this. Because it, again, as we were kind of saying off mic before, it's you have the conglomerate of the AFL that kind of it sucks up fans because it's very easy, a little bit easier to access. So this this for me is fun because I'm I'm finding clubs and I'm like there's this really cool rich history that they have that I'm very inter- interested to look into. So uh, thank you mm. so much for that. So uh, 
as we said, as we kind of established there again, you got into it late. Now that you're there, can you remember the first William Town Williamstown game that you ever attended live at the ground? Uh, yeah, it was the first round of 1988. Um, it was Williamstown versus Port Melbourne in the opening game of the year, and uh, I'd just come back from Darwin, so I hadn't seen footy in Melbourne for a number of years. Uh, I just the odd game, maybe if I happened to be back in Melbourne on holidays, but I hadn't been regularly going to, to games since uh, 1982. Um, so yeah, it was yeah, I remember it vividly. It was Williamstown versus Port at Port, round one, 1988, and Williamstown won. Fantastic, and the best part is you got to see a win. That that's awesome. So, all right, yeah. Now, as a club historian, you you have a much much bigger realm in, in this next question. So, I'm fascinated on this. Is I love finding out. It's kind of like choosing your favorite child if you have multiple children as a parent. So, I know this isn't always easy. Do you have a favorite player of the past that donned the Williamstown jersey, and do you have a favorite player currently that dons the Guernsey? <laughs> Uh, oh, that's that's a tough question because there's been a lot of great players come through Williamstown. Probably, probably the most famous and the most loved in, in my time following Williamstown would be a bloke called Barry Round, who sadly passed away just before Christmas. And mm-hmm. you following the Swans would would know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he came to Williamstown from Sydney in uh, 1986. And at the age of 36, and um, p- played in his first premiership that year, and then uh, went on to win the Liston Medal, which is the competition's best and fairest award, the following year, and then um, led us to two more grand finals, the ones that Coburg beat us in in '88 and '89, and then let us as captain coach he then led us to the premiership in 1990 where uh, we had the most amazing last quarter comeback you'll ever see in your life it's on youtube have a look at it one day williamstown versus springvale 1990 i will definitely last, take a look i i'm, I'm starting last, I'm, last, I'm go ahead yeah i was just gonna say that last quarter is the most amazing 30 minutes of football you'll ever see all right. I'm I'm starting a list because my last question, and I'm most likely that's probably going to be your answer for that. My last question, I, I'm I'm kind of making a list of some of the best games that so many people have, so I can kind of check them out. Uh, so yep. it's, so it'll be beyond my list for sure. So, alrighty, <laughs> I, I'm always I love this question now because I I've, I've absolutely love just the reaction that I see on, on the Zoom link here because there's a glow, there's a twinkle in their eyes when they do this. So I love asking this question. Most memorable moment so far as a Williamstown supporter? Oh, the 1990 grand final, without a doubt. Without a doubt. To come back from so far down and hit the front with less than a minute to go and go on to win by two points was just the most amazing game of football i've ever seen that is, that is fantastic and, and again i love like i said the, the twinkle in their eye because you can you can tell that when they they remember it so vividly those are the ones you can shut your eyes and you know exactly oh. exactly what they're going through they know exactly what it is so i absolutely love that so we, we've talked a lot about the past previous so, so we're going to kind of go to a little bit more of the present 
and we're we're in the off season. We're getting closer and closer to the VFL season. So we'll backtrack just the littlest bit. Unfortunately, I did my research because I wanted to be sure I didn't ask a question insensitively. <laughs> Last season, unfortunately for Williamstown, was not exactly one to write home about. So really quickly, can just a little bit of your thoughts. Unfortunately, with Williamstown finishing, as I see. Unfortunately, 20th position out of 20. Thankfully, no wooden spoon and only 12 yeah. points on the season in 18 games. Uh, yeah, by any measure, it was a disaster. And for a club that's been so successful and a perennial finalist for years and years and years, it was um, a very bitter season. Uh, to win three games was just terrible. But there were... Um, circumstances that led to it. Um, as you know, we'd, we'd come off no football at all in 2020, mm-hmm. half a season in 2021. And then in the lead up to 2022, the AFL in its wisdom decided to halve the salary cap. Um, the reasoning being, I think, was that because we'd been through all these years of no footy or you know, half a season of footy clubs might be struggling financially to pay players. Mm-hmm. So they halved the salary cap and um, all our good players left because they could earn much more money playing suburban or country footy, mm-hmm. doing half the work and half the training. Uh, and yeah, we were just decimated. So we just played a lot of kids uh, who may be better for the experience perhaps. Um, but yeah, the, the, the season was a disaster, and uh, uh, we never see it again. <laughs> but we, the two of the th- two of the three sides we beat both made the finals, so two of the victories were you know, meritorious. Mm-hmm. Beating two teams that made the finals, so that that was something to take out of the year, a positive, if you like. Yeah, it gives gives you gives you something to put your hat on a little bit. So and, and oh yeah, and, and it's always fascinating. And, and I I I want to ask this before we move on. Is as I I remember talking with my Frankston supporter in Port Melbourne, and I I meant to ask this, especially with your kind of being mostly a VFL supporter. You don't watch the AFL when it comes to a club support. You you keep an eye yeah. on it. How frustrating is it as a VFL supporter and as a Williamstown supporter to to kind of see the fact that. As you said, the, the the four teams from north up north with the the two Sydney teams and the two Queensland teams that are AFL based are playing in the VFL now. So it makes your job, it makes the VFL's unattached clubs, Williamstown, Coburgs, the Frankstons, their jobs a little bit harder because there are still AFLers or AFL contracted mm. players that are playing for Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast. Um, and all in GWS that are now in your VFL. So it's, there's much less of an opportunity to make finals. Uh, yeah, it makes it harder. Um, you know, our blokes work, as do the Port and Frankston and Coburg and Sandringham blokes. And we're playing against blokes that are professional footballers, you know, training five days a week, mm-hmm. whereas our blokes are on the tools. Um, it makes it very hard. And, particularly going back to the COVID-affected years, those guys were playing and training where our guys weren't. So mm-hmm. our blokes have missed a year and a half of football, whereas the AFL clubs weren't hardly affected at all, mm-hmm. apart from having to have interstate hubs and whatever, but they 
They trained and they played, so their skills were kept up and they could still do all this gym work and strength work. Mm-hmm. Um, so our bikes were really left a year and a half behind. But having said that, when you do beat them, it gives you a hell of a lot of satisfaction. <laughs> it makes you smile a little bit too. It gives it gives you something. It gives you something to hang your hat on a little bit. So. Oh well, you know, sometimes you you're playing against sides that contain, you know, top line mm-hmm. AFL players coming back from suspension or injury, mm-hmm. or they're doing demoted for disciplinary reasons or lack of form or whatever. Or even a top or a top tier eighteen year old that's a top ten pick that's a top ten pick that needs to get their form back before they go to the AFL. So you get a little bit of everything. Uh, oh yeah, for yeah, sure. We've had some we've had some really good players playing against us, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, to knock off those sides is yeah gives you a lot of satisfaction. A lot well, of makes you pride, makes you chuckle makes you chuckle a little bit for sure. Oh, exactly. Especially All right. when, Yeah. Anyway, move on. <laughs> and, and, and and to the to the next question I asked as as I said I kind of told you it's the conglomerate of the AFL so a lot of the off season I'm used to the draft the sign in trade period and I know mm. for the VFL Sandfall and Waffle it, it it's not that I mean it is completely different it is pretty much pillage and find what you can and try to maintain what you already have because again as you said many of these they're tradies they they do stuff they work. Yeah. besides the, the footy that they play. So do you keep an eye on Williamstown's off season to see who's in, who's out, who's coming in, who may move on? And if so, kind of what have your thoughts? Has Williamstown done anything over this off season? Or are you one of those you kind of catch up once we get a little bit closer to the season? Oh, no, I keep a very close eye on it. Um, we get a lot of news on our uh, website and social media platforms. Um, so we've, not so much on the guys who have left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they barely get mentioned. Um, but the new guys coming in, uh, yeah, we get a lot of information about them. And the club has recruited really, really well this year. Um, so we're going to have a completely different side, which is going to be a lot more competitive. Um, I think a lot of that's down to uh, our major sponsor, DSV, if I can give them a plug because uh, they're employing quite a few of these players. And um, that's what is allowing us, to, in many cases, to get them across the line, because mm-hmm. we can offer them employment. Because when the salary cap was a lot higher, we, we were the only one, or the only standalone club, I believe, that was mm-hmm. paying the full salary cap. So we could attract payers by players by just paying them. Mm-hmm. But with the halving of the salary cap, and well, it's been increased a little bit now, um, you can't just throw money at them. Mm-hmm. Um, so other clubs had to use things like uh, finding a sponsor who could offer employment. And that's the path we've gone down now, down now and it's uh, proved very successful. Fantastic. <clears throat> like I said, I, I I wish them nothing but success. Like I said, I, I'm I'm gonna try to keep an eye on the VFL a lot, VFL and the VFLW a lot more this season because I I think state signs need a little bit more support, and I'm fascinated to see these because I I know there's quality players that are here that they just need that one opportunity. So I can't wait. So we jump to it as you kind of said. You've yep. got a little bit of a new team. You've got some bring ins, some changes. Again, you've now had a full off season where you can actually train. You're not sitting in your house because of COVID lockdowns. Yep. Um, so 
what are your what are your kind of thoughts going into this year? Do you think Williamstown jumps up the ladder? Do you think they're fighting for a final spot? Or do you just see some progression instead of 20th? You're jumping into that 15, 15 to 13 range where maybe very soon you'll start seeing that opportunity to maybe slip into the finals. Oh, my expectation is that we'll make the finals. And I'd be extremely bitterly disappointed if we didn't with mm-hmm. the um, work that's been done in the off season. Um, but, you know, every other club's trying to improve as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, everybody goes up a notch, and uh, so you you don't know. Um, and with the AFL clubs too, their presence in the in the VFL can be problematic sometimes because they might have a big clean out, mm-hmm. and you know get rid of a lot of senior players and start to rebuild. Say like Hawthorne's done. Mm-hmm which then sort of weakens Box Hill to some extent, just as way, by way of an example. So mm-hmm. so some of those AFL clubs with a VFL side or even an online side may not be as strong this year as they were last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure Port Melbourne is – well, I know that they've got a couple of big-name recruits too, so they should do better. Yeah. Um, as for Coburg and Preston, well, you know, you don't hear much about them in the recruiting side because they don't have the money or the profile to attract the players. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. Again, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see how Box Hill handles it because again, the second year under Sam Mitchell in the AFL will be fascinating to see. Do they do they see progressions and then? Again, how does and my other question that I have is the kind of the super team that I've been told a little bit of Southport because they were the only standalone club that made the finals that yep. there and they were kind of by all intents and purposes from what I kind of gathered was they were kind of the super team of the Queensland footy players that were no longer part of the NEFL. The Southport mm-hmm. joined, so some of the best NEFL players that were in Queensland found their way to Southport. So it'd be interesting to see how that kind of adjusts to. For sure. So we're we're gonna have a little bit of fun now. Okay. You said yep. you're the you're, you're the historian, but I'm I'm gonna change your office for one day. Okay. I'm gonna, we're gonna have a little bit of fun. I'm gonna make I'm gonna install you as the list manager for one day at Williamstown FC, and I want you to go through the other VFL clubs, and I want you to pick one player that you're gonna snatch and you're gonna put on Williamstown roster for next season. Who's that one player and why? Oh, oh, ah. Ah, let me think. Let me think. Um, from a Victorian club. Sure, and Victorian. You can if, if hey, if you want to take one from Sydney, Southport, Green. They all it is. They had to play VFL last year. Yeah, well, there's a young guy that plays in the forward line for Sydney. Can't remember his name, and he, I think he may have played a few senior games. He looks like he's indigenous or an islander or something. I can't think of his name. But the two times we played Sydney, he did really well. And he might have kicked five or six goals in the game we played up in Sydney against them. But I just can't think of his name. Oh, it's going to annoy me now. <laughs> and I think and I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Was he a midfield forward? Kind of rotated? Oh, no, back no, no, he'd be... He'd be well over 
you know, 200 centimetres. Oh, maybe not quite that big, but he's he's a fairly tall guy. Oh, just... I think you're talking about Armadi. Oh, that sounds, yes. Yeah. Joel I Armadi is, is exactly who I think you're thinking of. Yeah, yes. he's, he's about... Yeah, he's up the he's up there. I can't remember centimeters wise. I think he's about six two, six three. Great jumping yeah. ability, great hands. He's one of those he's one of those I he's kind of the backup rock slash third forward because when you have when you have Buddy and Sam Reed both playing well, yeah. there was that because they had them and then the uh, the young kid out of WA that was kind of in and out in and out of the side too. So yeah, I think you're thinking of Joel Joel Armani. I think that's him. Yeah, that's not, that name sounds familiar and is he indigenous? Or, um, I know. I'd have to look. I'm not sure if, if he mm-hmm. is or not. I know he is dark skinned. I just, I'm yeah. not sure if he actually yeah, is. Um, right off the bat, this is absolutely scintillating. <laughs> scintillating. Yeah, no, I'd, lo- I'd love him in my yeah. forward line. There's, there's a picture of him. Yeah, that looks like him. So, yep, yep, yep. That's Joel uh, Ar- Joel Armani. So, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Put him in our forward line. Yeah, he's got great hands. Yeah, six six two sixteen, at least according to this. So, I'd have Is to he do six this. foot six. That's what it says on here. He would have been a ruckman back in the day. Yeah, Bomarius Victoria. So he's a Vic. He's a Vic boy. Okay. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know his background, but no, nah, fabulous player. Oh yeah, he he he's one of the he's one of those unfortunate. Like I said, he just had a he had a few superstars ahead of him. But I'm hoping he gets an opportunity with the Swans for sure. He's a, he's got great sticky hands for sure. So yeah, oh. um, so so we'll, we'll transition to the next one. And I I at least love this is that many people that listen to the podcast know I am a huge supporter of the women's game. I think the women's game is a growth opportunity for all footy clubs. Because women's youth footy has exploded since the AFLW has started. So I asked this of you, since you are the club historian, do you yep. keep an eye on the Williamstown women? Because you are one of the few um, unattached um, VFL clubs that has a women's side as well. So do you keep an eye on it? And if so, what were your thoughts, unfortunately, on kind of like the men, the, the women's side did not uh, have the the greatest season, shall we say, last year as well. Uh, yes, that's quite correct. They didn't have a good year. Um, I think there was some underlying reasons for that. I won't go into on here, but um, there's been some changes. A new coach has been brought in who uh, coached the Coburg women's side, which plays in a different competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, he coached them to the grand final, which they lost by one or two points, I think. Um, so he's stepped up to VFL level now. Um, and once again, I think they've recruited okay. Um, they brought back a girl who left, um, who was a very good player. She went to Collingwood for a year or two. Uh, she's come back. Um, Alicia Newman. Correct. Yep. She plays with this, and she's also, she plays for the Swans, uh, AFLW team. 
Oh, was it Swans? I thought it was Collingwood. She well, she, she she started at Melbourne, then went to Collingwood, and then moved up to Sydney last year during the during the free agency period. So she she's, oh, she's okay. been with three different clubs. And, but yeah, I, yeah. I I saw that she had signed with them. In fact, I actually I had the pleasure of sitting down with her and having a chat for this particular podcast. Absolutely fantastic young lady and i'm happy for her because she gets some i get i think this is a good way of getting some more continuity to her footy because she kind of has some issues again a, a young swan seat team last year that the cohesion between midfield to forward sometimes kind of broke down a little bit so having a good vfl vflw season next year i think get her confidence up maybe help her out when it comes to the the aflw season so i i can't wait to keep an eye on to see how she does yeah no she's she... You know, it's great to get her back. Um, the captain of the the ladies' side, I think she's captain, Ruby Petrodi. She's a really good good player and a terrific person. Um, yeah, no, I think they've recruited well, and from all of the uh, the vibes I'm hearing, uh, they should be greatly improved, which would be fantastic. Uh, once again, I get down to to watch the home games uh, when I can. Uh, but they're all, all the games are they're broadcast, uh, like live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can't get to the game, I have a look at that. Um, and myself and my wife are sponsoring one of the uh, female players this year, as well as one of the the, the male players. So uh, we try to support it as much as we can. Fantastic. I, and I love that. I tr- truly appreciate that because unfortunately there aren't always as many people that are supportive of the women's game. So my next question, I, I, I originally was going to ask this, but I think you've kind of answered it. As you said, you were a South supporter and then unfortunately South moved to Sydney and you kind of said, I don't know more AFL. So, so I look at it like this. Well, well that's not a hundred percent correct because okay. we're not, Excuse me for butting in, but I just no, you're good. want to add this before I forget. When I moved back to Melbourne, I had a couple of mates who uh, followed Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. So I started to go and watch Fitzroy play. Uh, and then, you know, got involved with them oh, just as a supporter and a season's ticket holder. Uh, so I virtually went through the whole thing again with Fitzroy in 1996. The yep. <laughs> the well, the over, takeover. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so so I've lost two sides. So oh boy, um, yeah. <laughs> twice bird. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for this. So 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 normally I ask what's your AFL side, and if so, why? Yeah. So I think we'll we will we've already kind of answered that. Um, I know, like I said, you, you've kind of been burned by the men's side. Is it kind of the same thing with AFLW? You keep an eye on it, but you don't have a, a side in the AFLW. Oh, no, I don't support any side in the AFLW, but uh, um, definitely watch it on TV. Um, awesome. Yeah, no, I enjoy watching it on TV. I think it's uh, a, a pretty good standard and getting better. Um, and certainly you can't fault their endeavour. Mm-hmm. The, the tackling is ferocious. And, uh, you know, the skill level leaves a bit to be desired with some of the girls, and some of them are brilliant, like... Um, that girl, Erin Phillips from mm-hmm. uh, Port Adelaide now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's, she's a gun. 
Oh yeah. And, and some of the young, some of the youngsters now keep, keep an eye on it. I know Ellie, Mc, Ellie McKenzie from the Richmond Tigers, absolutely elite. Uh, uh, both Pasparka sisters, both, um, both Maddie and Georgie, absolutely elite. I, I can't wait to see the growth of Montana ham. Who's up with, with up, up with Sydney. I think she's going to be an absolute gun. So I, I think it's in really good hands. I think a lot of these 18 year old girls, the fact that they've had paths their entire lives, not just stop at 12 because Oz kick is the last they can yeah. do. I, I think yeah. there's nothing but great. Like I said, I, I think I understand some of the detractors, but I think many of them they're, they're looking at it now. I, I I'm seeing that growth pattern each year. I can't wait for the next five years because it's only going to progress. I cannot absolutely cannot wait to see this because these are some elite athletes. They just need some time to develop. I cannot, cannot wait. Well, in the first couple of years of the AFLW, as you're probably aware, mm-hmm. there were girls who were brought in who'd never played the game. Mm-hmm. So they brought them in from netball, yep. soccer, and, and that would never happen at the elite level in the men's game. Mm-hmm. So naturally, the skill level wasn't there. But now you're getting, probably not right now, but you, next few years, as you said, you're going to have girls who have been brought up on the game from... A, mm-hmm. a child four or five they've, yep. been taught all, they've been taught mm-hmm. all the skills and so they're going to be ready-made players who mm-hmm. are going to be fantastic yep cannot wait it's going to be yeah. it's going to be so much fun to watch it so so we go from the so as i kind of i kind of previewed this a little bit i'm fascinated to hear you this because we had we had our discussion a little bit off mic about how i had told you a little bit about the vfl side so i'm fascinated to hear your answer on this as we as we saw in 2020 and 2021, the AFL Grand Final found itself outside of Victorian soil for the first time with GABA and Optus Stadium Grand Finals. And it was very fascinating for me because I try to keep track of a lot of media because, again, I do my AFL, AFL review shows. And I was fascinated that the media, the many media outlets in Victoria were bringing up the topic of should the AFL look to potentially make the grand final a traveling grand final? And I, I know 50 year contract suspend con you know, comment section, calm down a little bit. If we suspend that 50, 50 year contract, just the tiniest bit here. Are you, are you one of those that you believe the grand final should be at the MCG or is there part of you that kind of goes we're a, we're a national competition. Should we start looking at maybe seeing the grand final become a traveling grand final, a lot like the Super Bowl over here in the States? Frankly, I couldn't care less where it was played, mate. I, <laughs> I love I'm your honesty. A, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not an AFL sycophant, um, so I don't care where it's played. I mean, it, it makes sense to play it at the MCG purely from the fact you can get 100,000 people there. Mm-hmm. Whereas the SCG, you might get forty thousand or mm-hmm. forty-five thousand. I think Optus in Perth can hold sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, Adelaide Oval would probably be around the forty mark as well. I think it's fifty, fifty-four, fifty-five max. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, the okay. the AFLW Grand Final a few years ago had it maxed out at fifty-three oh, or that's, something. Yes, so correct. Um, so purely from a, you know. A, an accountant's point of view, I mm-hmm. can see why you'd want to play it at the MCG. Um, but, you know, as you say, it's a national game. Spread it around. I don't care if it's played in Perth, Brisbane, Adelaide, Tasmania, Darwin. I, I couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the honesty on that one. Um, I genuinely appreciate it. So I'm probably going to get the next the same answer for the next one because I'm fascinated by this. Maybe it's because um, the AFL decided to steal Magic Round, which they have brilliantly called Gather Round in in southern oh, in yeah. South Australia this year, and, and I'm fascinated because I. I've bounced back and forth with this. I think it's a good idea to kind of help support the game and to grow the game, but I, I'm one of those nine games AFL standard on some community grounds in South Australia. So I asked this, does this interest you at all? As you said, you're not an AFL sycophant. And would you at all consider going to something like this where you'd have the chance to see nine games in one area? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't oh, look. I haven't examined the rationale behind it. I really don't care. Um, for me, I'd like to, I'd like it to be called the Barry Round mm-hmm. in honor of the great man. I don't think I that's going to get up. That is great. But, uh, I, that's what I would like to see it called. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand the rationale behind doing it. But. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, smarter people than me make these decisions. So, I, I think I think they look at the NRL with Magic Round and they see how successful it is. But as I've kind of stated in a few of the podcasts, you got to look at the AFL is a little bit different because with NRL, it is primarily New South Wales, Queensland. That's it. Yep. Yes, yep. you've got you've got the Melbourne Storm, which I mean is kind of the oddball when it comes to it. But really, that that is it. The, the majority yeah. of the clubs are. New South Wales and the Sydney area, and then in the Brisbane area when it comes to Queensland. So it's much easier for the fans to get to Brisbane or to Sydney for nine games in one place. Where it's like, if you look at the AFL, you've got all of the states except New South, uh, except for the Northern Territories and Tassie. That's it. I mean, there's yeah. two, there's at least two clubs in all the other states. So you've got yep. a much bigger swath of Australia to try to bring people to. So it's a much kind of more diverse fan base, shall we say? So I'm interested to see yep. how the interstate fans kind of handle it. I think SA are they're going to support it. They're they're football crazy, just like just like WA and Vic. So I think they'll support it. I'm just fascinated to see how mm-hmm. many Victorian fans go over, how many WA fans go over, how many New South Wales supporters, how many Queensland, because that'll be my thing is to kind of gauge how that goes. I've heard good things. I've heard the hotels in Adelaide for that weekend are all sold out. So I'm hoping that that's a positive okay. sign. But yeah. that could be country. That could be country SA people coming into town yeah. to be able to be closer to the Adelaide Oval for some of the games there. I don't. I'm. I'm not 100 sure. But I. I hope it's successful. I really do. But it'll be. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Well, I guess people might take it as an opportunity to have a holiday in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, spend a week in South Australia and combine it with a game of footy. Um, okay. I, I can see why I can see why people would want to go. As for the South Australian people themselves, um, as as you touched on before, they have this. Uh, how would you say? I won't say inferiority complex, um, but they really have this deep hatred of Victorians, um, which. Yeah, it goes back to football and cricket. And, mm-hmm. uh, they'll go and watch Port Adelaide and the Crows. But I don't know how many of them would go to watch two Victorian sides play. 
be interesting to see. I I I, I kind of I kind of threw that up too. I'm like, I'm interested to see how the SA fans do they go to the games that don't have the SA teams. And and I kind of I I do kind of have to give the AFL a little bit of credit. They didn't they had a they probably were talked to try to make it a showdown between Adelaide and Port Adelaide. And I said, you can't do that because you, mm. you, you're taking the majority of the fans that want to see this and you're throwing them in one game. At least if you split mm. them and have them play two different teams, you at least get your guaranteed mm. two crowds for two games at least. So yeah. I at least appreciate that they didn't, they didn't go with the, the, the kind of obvious as some people might say is doing a showdown there, which I, yeah. I think it's, that's a really good idea. So Mm. We, will, we will jump off that and okay. as, as, as i've told a few people i have not been to australia it is on my bucket list i want to get there because i want to see footy in its element footy over here is great but it just it doesn't have the same vibe because it's not as professional it is amateurs basically and so i want to see games over there so I'm doing a little bit of research. I've got a couple of questions here for you that I'd like you to kind of help me out. I want to be ready when I go that I know exactly what I'm doing. So two questions. The first is <laughs> Americans. We like our, we like our food at this, at our sporting events. So I asked this, what is the go-to food at the footy for you? For me personally. Yep. Um, that's a very good question because I'm involved in this coterie group, which if you know, is, like a, a, a group of supporters of mm-hmm. a particular club that just you know, put in a bit of extra money. And you know, we have a half-time function at every home game. Um, so that's not traditional football food. Mm-hmm. You now we try to uh, make it a bit more upmarket uh, as distinct from your normal footy food, which are pies, hot dogs, salad rolls, chips, uh, dim sims. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing. Though I must admit, I was rather partial to the uh, hot dogs we used to have at our home games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in years gone by, they were they were rather good. But uh, yeah, I just have you know a bite to eat at our ha- our half time function. Um, so it's not really traditional footy food. But uh, I imagine you can get much the same sort of thing here as what you get in the states. Yeah, it, it it's never it's never great for you, but it's always really good. It just depends. It just depends on well, where you go on to. On a cold, I mean, yeah, on a cold day, a hot dog or a pie goes pretty well. Or or a nice bucket of hot chips. The the, yep. pie, the pie and the hot chips are the two most popular ones. I was I was actually I was waiting. I had nobody had said the hot jam donuts, and I'd heard the hot jam donuts outside the MCG were really really good. So I actually had uh, somebody say that one time. You got to try those. So I've, yes. I've so I've heard that one for yeah. sure. Yeah, when I used to go and watch Fitzroy, they had um, this is when they played at Princess Park Carlton's mm-hmm. home game, uh, home ground. They used to have donuts there. I remember. I never ate them because they uh, they smelled terrible to me, but <laughs> they were pretty popular. <laughs> I, I to eat their own, to eat their own, and yeah, and then like the ultimate... jam and sugar. Ooh, yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the ultimate question again: When you go to the footy, you gotta have the best seat. I want to get a really good seat to be able to watch the footy, whether it's at a local ground or at a big AFL ground. Where is your ideal place to sit when you go to watch the footy? Oh, I don't. I can't. I can't sit down and watch football. It drives me insane. Mm-hmm. I got to stand up. I mean, if you go to an AFL game, you do have to sit down. Um, and you, know, you don't get a choice of seats. You know, you 
get a ticket and that's your seat. Um, but at, at my home ground, I always stand in front of the grandstand because they have a bar there. You can get a cold can and uh, watch the footy from, you know, about the half forward flank area. So that's that's where I stand. Yep. I never sit down at uh, Williamstown games. Never. Too nervous or just, just you just have to, yeah, you just no, have I just, to be standing I just, up? I just I can't, I, I feel uncomfortable sitting down at the football. I just mm-hmm. don't like it. Just don't like Never have, never will. I've got to stand up. <laughs> you're you're not the first person to say that. I, I I know I know one person I was talking to that they said they're a pacer that they that they have to they have to pace back and forth because it helps calm their nerves a little <laughs> yeah. bit. So that is not yeah. is not the first time I have heard that particular one. So all right, yeah. and the last question that I have, and I kind of teased this a little bit earlier, and I love this one. Like I said, I am starting a list because I, I've been told these are some of the best games to watch. Favorite game of footy you have ever seen live. On the telly, at the ground, doesn't matter. What is your favorite game of footy you have ever seen? Oh, the one I mentioned before, the 1990 VFA Grand Final, Williamstown v. Springvale. Won't, won't say anything better. Fantastic. Absolutely love it. I will definitely try and make yeah. I would definitely try and make sure and catch that for sure. I got a list. I got a list going. I will definitely put that down and have a look at that when I have a chance on my YouTube watchings with our, which are usually, especially come the footy season pretty high. So, well, Jerry, that is going to do it for the questions that I have for you. It's a fantastic conversation. It it is just awesome to be able to sit here and have a chat with somebody that has, as you said, a story of a club. I've never had that opportunity. So this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome, Donnie. A pleasure to speak to you. And um, if you want to learn more about Williamstown, get on our website and uh, have a look at the history pages. Got some great stuff on there. Great photos, great stories. I will definitely, definitely do that for sure. I, I've loved some of the some of the stories and some of the the um, information that I've gotten from many of these chats. I absolutely love it. I'm finding myself intrigued more and more by many of these state state sides. And it's so fantastic to be able to, to be <laughs> welcomed so kindly for it. So I appreciate it. So ladies and gentlemen, yeah. that is going to do it for our episode today. Again, we are getting closer and closer to the AFL season and we will be doing previews and getting ready for the footy to get started. But as I told you in previous, in a couple of episodes previously, I will be trying to at least do at least once a month, round reviews or at least month reviews of VFL, Sandful, and Waffle. I want to be able to give the state sides some love and support to be able to talk about that because I love footy so much. I think this is a passion project that I really, really want to do. So keep an eye out. We're going to try to do that as well. That's going to do it for our episode. We'll be back again.